You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Well, welcome to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. How is your day going? Hi, Dr. Gray. My day is going great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. What can I help you with? Okay, so my main question is in regards to the personal statement. Um, I read part of your personal statement book, and you recommend telling your story that led you to medicine and your journey and all of that. So my story involves childhood trauma, um, and that is definitely a piece of it that has led me this way. And my physician recommended that I do not disclose it in the personal statement. Mm. However, I feel like it is so much a piece of my journey to medicine that I'm not sure how to exclude it. Yeah. Um, so kind of like just a little bit of background and kind of the story I'm kind of putting together so far, but it's a very rough draft, is I survived childhood sexual abuse and had and had suppressed the memories until late in my junior year of college. Um, I began volunteering as a sexual assault advocate. And through that training, the memories started coming back. So then my senior year of undergrad, I did okay. My GPA went down a bit. So I had a 4.0 senior year, 3.6 or 4.0 junior year, and then a 3.6 senior year. Okay. Um, and so first, first two year GPA were okay as well. Yeah. Uh, freshman year was a three, five sophomore okay. year was a three, seven. Perfect. Okay. And then I did like a DIY post back, which was a 4.0. Um, did you do the post back because your major wasn't science-based? Um, I had a psych major and then okay. I was minors in biology and chemistry, but I took about 10 years off. Okay. So then I did post back just to kind of refresh the sciences. Makes sense. Um, so essentially, all the memories started coming back my senior year of undergrad. Mm. Um, and then I decided I needed to take time off from pursuing medicine to focus on my healing. And because I didn't think it would be fair to my patients or like my future patients. Yeah. If I went into medical school with all of that going on. So your, your plan was to go to medical school throughout undergrad correct all of these memories come up and you press pause on that to to really take care of yourself correct okay so that is kind of the plan and okay. then i had to take i ended up taking about 10 years off so i graduated okay. 2011 okay um and so i took about 10 years off and now i am looking to get back into it so during that time it was partially just taking time to focus on myself and i liked the job i was doing i was working mm -hmm with people who had intellectual disability as working in the group homes. I was working as a case manager um, and I really enjoyed that work. Um, but then in this past two years or so, I have really starting to want to get back into medicine. Part of that was I went through another sexual assault and is through my, um, really the care that my physician provided me and just kind of that empathy and compassion and wanting to be able to give that to others when they're going through a challenging situation. Yeah. And that has kind of reignited this fire and want made me want to continue pursuing medicine. Um, so I guess with all that being said, my question is, my trauma story is so intertwined with my 
medicine story and why I want to go into medicine. Um, is it acceptable to include this story or does it make the reader too uncomfortable to include yeah. This. Yeah. And it, it sounds like if, if you don't know the context around, if, if someone listening to this or watching this doesn't really know the context around what I say about this, about, about making the reader uncomfortable, it may sound like I'm, I'm victim shaming. Like you shouldn't mm -hmm. make the reader uncomfortable. Therefore, like suppress your story, hide your story. And it, it couldn't be further from the truth. And you also need to be aware of how what what you're saying is is landing on other people just like you would in in normal life. Um, I'm a firm believer in you needing to tell your story, assuming it, as you mentioned, is intertwined with your reason to be a physician. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, there there are good experiences that lead to people wanting to go into medicine. There are bad experiences, whether trauma like yourself or, or horrific injuries or death or whatever else that lead people to want to go in to medicine. And so for you, really the question comes down to how do you tell your story in a way that does justice for your story and doesn't turn out to be a graphic novel that the person reading it maybe has gone through similar experiences and just doesn't want to relive them, right? Yeah. And, and, and taking a look at your story and going, well, well that is me, and I, I'm sorry, I, I don't want that in, in my face right now. And, and you have to think about how uh, all of that lands on the reader. And so at the end of the day, I think you do tell your story. I think you do include the trauma because it has led to you wanting to be a physician. And I will asterisk that, asterisk that, if that's a verb, with the fact that you said you were pre-med in undergrad, and yet a lot of these feelings and memories and, and everything else from your uh, original trauma really didn't start coming back up for you until later. And so my question would be, what was the original impetus for going into medical school for, for wanting to be a physician? Was it because of the trauma? You just suppressed the memories of it or was there something else? I think it was partially the trauma and just always wanting to help others and being very focused on taking care of others. Um, it was also my dad, he went back to, he changed careers when I was middle school. So he went, he became a PA. Uh -huh. while I was in middle school. Okay. So I sat through his graduation and I yeah. saw him become a PA and I have this memory of being at church and this older woman fell down the stairs, slipped on some ice and the pastor was like running over to him to see if he could help. And he was helping this woman and staying with her until the ambulance arrived. Mm -hmm. So there was that piece as well to start the pre-med journey, but then the trauma paused it and then the trauma restarted it later. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. You have, you have a lot of other things potentially that you can lean on mm -hmm. that if they were by themselves, they would probably make a very compelling story outside of the trauma. And and that potentially is a good thing because you don't need to focus on the trauma as this is why I want to be a physician because of everything that I have experienced and, and now wanting to help others um, in, in a similar way that I was helped. But 
but you have this experience of your father being in healthcare, seeing him go through his educational journey, seeing him take care of patients, seeing this person falling down the stairs and what that was like. So you have a lot of other things that you could potentially focus on mm-hmm. so that the majority of your, your focus and a personal statement in terms of your seed, which is what I talk about in the book, is this kind of why you want to be a physician and the experiences you've had can be a lot less on your trauma. That way you can still be true to yourself and true to your story and, and, and talk about it and focus on it in a, in a brief way or however you want to do it um, and still lean on these other things as, as other experiences that you've had that show this is what you want to do. Would it still be good to include the trauma pieces like just slightly to kind of give that background, especially for like I'm struggling with the reason for I was pre-med and then I took 10 years off. Yeah. I'm struggling to explain that piece. Yeah. So I I think you could briefly, it it depends, right? I, I never, I never want to tell someone this is the good thing to focus on. This is the bad thing to focus on because it, it truly is your story. And at the end of the day, you need to write something that when you read it, you can go, yes, this is me. This is what I've been on. This is true to, to where I'm at. And so if you don't need to focus on trauma to talk about why you're interested in medicine, but potentially one sentence to, to talk about trauma that you've been through um, and why you took some time off, then then you could absolutely do that without really needing to tie it into why you want to be a physician. Okay. There, there are I mean, lots of different angles, as long as you think it's true to your there's story. There's so many angles. Yeah. It's hard to approach the personal statement. It's been a challenge. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm just kind of thinking about that. And then with the trauma, like, because of it, like, I began to research it a lot more. And I began to just kind of research the impact of trauma on individuals. Yeah. And... I feel like it'd be important for me to tie that into the personal statement because I can go into um, just how so many different traumas impact people with physical health, mental health, addictions. Yeah. The ACEs. Just, Do you, are you yes. familiar with ACEs? Yes. Very yeah. familiar. Huge. Yeah. So would it be? I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into that in your personal statement because okay. then you're focusing a little bit more on look at how gung-ho I am about medicine, that I'm already doing research and I'm already looking at this stuff. And that's less about why you want to go into medicine and more about your passions within medicine. Okay, so don't focus on that. I wouldn't. Thank you. Yeah. Great advice. And then the other question is like, well, if we have time, I have a few questions. Yeah, let's go. But um, with the ACEs, since you brought that up, yep. um, because that is so like... Because childhood trauma is let me let me pause you just for one second for someone who doesn't know ACEs just off the top of my head I think it's adverse childhood events score or something mm-hmm. something around that yeah it's I think they say experiences now okay experience. adverse childhood experiences okay um so it is just kind of a list of and I think it's expanded um, but it's just adverse childhood events that have happened um, usually before the age of 18. It includes neglect, abuse, um, parent with a mental illness, a variety of things. Um, And the score, like the higher, and I feel like I'm not doing it justice by explaining it correctly, but the higher your score um, 
it shows that you have a more higher prevalence of long-term health issues. So higher, higher mental- addiction, obesity, yeah. all kinds of stuff. And the, the really the only reason I know about it is is because of Dak Shepard and his podcast, Armchair mm-hmm. Expert. Dax is very open talking about his um, his trauma from a young age and, and what he's been through. And he's had so many experts on talking about ACEs and I think he does a really oh, good job talking that. about mental illness. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. And then that he sounds re- interesting. He recently came out and talked about his relapse with his uh, sobriety as well. So Mm-hmm. He, he does a good job and, and his, his podcast is uh, listened to by millions of people. So hopefully he's, he's spreading awareness of, of mental health. Oh, I will definitely have to check that podcast out. I've yeah. seen it, but I haven't listened to it yet. I've been focused on your podcast. <laughs> um, well, I'll take that as a, as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> so with the ACEs, like my concern is that when the admissions people are reading my personal statement, they will automatically assume that mm. because I have this childhood event, yeah. will these other issues come along with it? Yeah. So that is a concern, especially with the stigma associated with mental illness. And yeah, yeah and I, I think that that is a, a valid concern, but I think your track record of, of a solid GPA, taking the time off, doing everything that you're doing in between – and then uh, assuming you get a solid score on your MCAT and, and taking the the next steps of applying to medical school, all of those things show that you have the dedication and motivation and are are competent enough and, and with it enough from, and I don't know if that's the right way to say that, from a mental health perspective, right? You're mm-hmm. a, if, if you have been or are addicted to, to medications or drugs or whatever it is, a lot, a lot of times you don't have the, the foresight, you don't have the motivation to do a lot of things that you need to do to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think your actions speak louder than the potential negative consequences or, or uh, potential effects that, that may be seen uh, from, from the ACEs okay. study. So I, I, yeah. I, I think it's a valid concern and, and it may come up. And, and the question, I think the bigger question in my mind is you had to take 10 years off. Who's to say that you get through six months of medical school and you don't need another break? I think that will be the biggest question. Um, okay. and, and I think, I don't think you have to address it in a personal statement. I don't think you have to address it in your secondary essays in any way. But I would be prepared to talk about that if it comes up in an interview. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm hoping, because I just did my post back this past year, mm-hmm. um, 4.0, yeah. three semesters. Um, so I'm hoping that would help yeah. with that. Yeah, and, and I'm a huge fan, right? Actions speak louder than words. And, and so okay. your your actions and and what you've shown has has most likely – eased any fears of, of your, um, of your needing to, to take more breaks. And, and at, really at the end of the day, if you need another break, who cares, right? You start medical school, you take another break. It's, you wouldn't be the first person. You won't be the last. And so that whether, you whether, you, the yeah, I mean, whether you had tra- childhood trauma or not, there are students out there who, who don't do well mentally in medical school and they need to take a break and, and that's okay too. Okay. Good to know. Um, 
You have been very helpful. So, and then I just have a few other like tiny questions. Yeah. Um, just on top of that. Okay. So, I am trying to get shadowing hours, and <laughs> it is near impossible right now with COVID. Yep. Do you have like any recommendations for a script you would use for cold calls? Uh, I don't. Uh, partly because I know that the far majority of places you're going to call are going to say no. Right. Yeah. Just the 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 risk just isn't worth the the exposure for you. Um, yeah. The the risk to or for others. Exactly. The the risk. And that's what I'm talking about. The the risk to patients. Um. Not not to you. That yeah. when you call a, an office manager or physician, they're more concerned about their patients than they are with helping you get shadowing hours. And so, it's it's just not. It's most likely not going to happen for a long time. And that makes sense. I, would, I, just... I wouldn't worry about it. it. It just, it is what it is, unfortunately, at this point. Uh, there are lots of virtual shadowing opportunities, mm-hmm. and while not ideal, it's better than nothing. Uh, if you've seen the e-shadowing stuff that I've been doing. Uh, I've been participating in that, good. and it's been fantastic. Good. Um, so I would do that as much as possible. Probably the only place where you're going to get any sort of exposure is are, are, are paid opportunities. So okay. becoming a phlebotomist, going through EMT training, becoming an EMT, um, the, the volunteer opportunities just aren't going to be there likely. Uh, and and it, it may be very uh, location dependent. You may be in an area that just has a very low um, positivity rate, very low transmission in the community, and, and things may be loosening up, and that's great. And if, if you can do that, awesome. But but very likely the having a job would would get get you the exposure that you need, whether you're a scribe or an EMT, phlebotomist, et cetera. Okay. I mean the job I have right now is I I'm pretty sure it counts as clinical experience. I work as a staff in a group home for people with intellectual disabilities. Cool. Um so I'm taking care of their day-to-day stuff, hygiene, yeah. meds, Perfect. all of that. Yep. Um so I have that. It's just I don't have the shadowing. Yeah. Um, so that has been yeah. a challenge. And and usually when you're in a home like that, in, in that sort of setting, usually there is a a clinical director or medical director, some some physician that comes in once a day, once a week uh, to check on patients. I don't know if that's like that where you are, but usually in those situations, because you work there already, you will probably have the best opportunity to shadow whatever 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 physicians are in that location because you you are already a part of that community you're already being exposed to those patients those patients are being exposed to you they're mm-hmm. they're uh, obviously okay with whatever risks you're taking at home to be able to come in and work whatever that situation looks like so that for you to go to the physician or whoever else that you need to go to and say, Hey, look, I would love to stay an extra hour after my shift, uh, obviously off the clock or come in an hour early off the clock or come in on a day off, off the clock and just shadow you, follow you around, et cetera. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think is the best thing to do. Okay. I can try approaching it that way. That's yeah. a good idea. Um, and then the other question. So we covered that. Um, so it's kind of the volunteering where with COVID, I'm struggling to get, I have a ton of volunteer hours yep. from undergrad, but that was 10 years ago. Yep. And then since undergrad, I've maybe done 10 hours here and there, nothing significant. Yep. Um, and then 
it was just last year where I was doing the post back. I wanted to focus on that. I just kind of wanted to get my toes wet to see if this was really going to work out before I started taking on all the volunteer hours and everything. Um, so once again, I don't have any volunteer hours and with COVID it's a challenge. Yeah. Now, when you say volunteer hours, because there's always a, um, uh, a mix up in the language here. Are you talking about non-clinical volunteer hours or, or like Either. working at the soup kitchen, et cetera? So I think there's a big misconception Anything. around volunteer versus clinical experience. Clinical experience can be paid, unpaid. It doesn't matter. Okay. Now, there are some schools that like volunteering. They, they want to see that you're going to Habitat for Humanity, that you're working at the soup kitchen, that you're doing other things outside of medicine to to spend your time with but again with covid it's out the window and it's out the window mm -hmm. for almost everyone now with that okay. said there still are needs going on in the community outside of a healthcare setting right the 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 soup kitchens uh and, and i don't know if that's the the pc term these days um but the soup kitchens are still open right the mm -hmm. uh those who are are uh, homeless right now still need a place to eat they still need a warm meal and so um usually those places are going to be less concerned about volunteers coming in because it's okay. not a healthcare setting. And so okay. there probably are a lot of volunteer opportunities out there outside of a clinical setting. I wouldn't worry about clinical volunteering because you're working in a clinical setting and, and it, you don't have to have, be, because you're working in a clinical setting, you're getting paid for it. You don't have to have unpaid clinical experience as well. Okay. I think it would just be like the soup kitchen volunteering where I've reached out to a few places and they've said no. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Keep trying. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Yeah. And, and really ask, like dive in, are, are they saying no because of COVID and, and, pot That's, and potentially yeah. expanding your, your story to say, well, I am a healthcare provider in one way or another. However, you want to frame that working in this place, I, I'm aware of, uh, of the risks and I, I know how to be safe and I can come in with my own PPE, right? They, they may go, oh, that's awesome. We would love to have you. Or they may go the opposite way. Well, you're in a healthcare setting. You're more exposed. We definitely don't want mm -hmm. to. So it just yeah. depends. And part of it is I, I want the hours, but I also don't want to, I feel like it's almost selfish for me to go out more right now because I do work with a population that's yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. So I'm trying to isolate as much as possible, but it's also this desire to make sure my application looks as good as possible. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about the application. Worry about, worry about you taking care of yourself. Worry about you, uh, not putting yourself at increased risk, both personally and for the patients at the home that you work at. So don't, don't try to force your way into the community, into these risky situations just for the application. The, the, okay. the application at this point is what it is. The experiences are lacking for everyone. So don't, don't worry about that. Okay. Um, I don't believe I have any other questions. Do you have any good, just like last minute advice for the last well, I'm hoping to apply in June. Any <laughs> yeah. good advice? Uh, do well on the MCAT. You've you've obviously shown success through your GPA and stuff. Do well on the MCAT because that's the other big hurdle in this process. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you've done everything else appropriate. You've set yourself up for success. Now you just need to tell your story in a way that, that you feel you're comfortable with that's true to who you are and that okay. will, will help others understand why you took that time off and um, really – 
make them want to talk to you even more. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that's it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your help. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. If you're interested in hearing from different medical specialists, go check out specialtystories.com. 